Welcome to the Work Utopia podcast, the number one show on the internet for daily motivation. This program is for small business owners, aspiring entrepreneurs, anyone who is tired of the status quo and in need of an outstanding life. Change who you are on the inside. See the world in a different way and dream up your very own private work utopia, a life that is full of virtue, purpose, and happiness. And now, the man dedicated to helping you attract your ultimate work, Alexander Lauren. Hey! Welcome. Welcome to the Work Utopia podcast. Good day, listener. Alexander Lauren here. I pulled out this unpublished content. It's been sitting on my computer for a little while. And today is the day. It's episode number 82. And it's really about getting a spiritual path, you know, maybe for the first time ever. So I had this wonderful opportunity to interview Lama Marut. Now, this was back in episode 37, and I asked him what a person can do to get on a spiritual path. So this episode, this one right here, it's an enhancement of what he said to me during that episode. I asked him to tell me three things that someone can do to start a spiritual life. Three things someone can do who wants a spiritual life and really doesn't know where to start. So here we go. Here we go. The first thing you can do to start a spiritual life. Number one, he said, be very conscious about your moral life and how you're interacting with people. Are you living an ethical life? Live an ethical life and try to be a good person to everyone. Now, he said that it's not an accident that ethical principles are embedded in religious traditions. They've lasted for thousands of years as guidelines for how to live a good life. They can immediately provide us with a sense of trying to be a good person, which lifts the self-esteem and our sense of well-being in the world. You'll feel better if you actually practice these principles over time in the long term. You'll find that your relationships with other people will improve because you're being someone that's part of the solution rather than someone who is a part of the problem. So years ago, I purchased I purchased this research paper and I and I because I wanted to compare and see the results of the three major traditions: Islam, Christianity, and Buddhism. So I lost I lost this paper. I cannot find it anywhere. I can't find it online anymore. But 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 I kept my notes. So I was on the hunt. Three principles that they all shared. And the two that were the most obvious that all three of them shared were forgive was forgiveness and compassion. Forgiveness and compassion, all three share as, as a major ethical principle. So if you would like to fast track, then check out all of the ethical principles of these major traditions. Live an ethical life, and if you need some notes to study from, I mean, go to the religion and just look. Look at its ethical principles. So here, here we go. I'm going to give you the ethical principles. Are you ready for this? All right, sit back. Now look, please, do your own research for yourself, okay? You don't have to take my word for it. I'll share what I have, but do your own research. Okay, here we go. So we'll start off with Buddhism. 
So you got the 10 non-virtues. So I'll give you the non-virtues and then I'll give you the opposite, the virtues. So Buddhism, really easy. You got deeds of the body. So you got killing, which is the opposite is saving lives. Stealing, opposite is giving gifts. Sexual misconduct, the opposite is beneficial sexual behavior. You also have deeds of speech. Lying, opposite, telling truth. Divisive talk, opposite, reconciling conflict. Harsh words, opposite, speaking sweetly. Useless talk, opposite, speaking meaningfully. Deeds of the mind, craving, being detached and generous. Ill will, being forgiving and loving. Wrong views, holding realistic views. So you got 10, 10 non-virtues. And in Buddhism also, they have the six perfections. And the six perfections are giving, ethics, patience, joy, concentration, and wisdom. So if you want to take it a notch up in Buddhism, go for the six perfections. Go for the six perfections. Practice, practice, practice. All right, Christianity. All right, listen to Christianity here. Okay, I got the seven virtues of Christianity. Again, I'll just start with the virtue. I'll start with the virtue, and then I'll just tell you the opposite. Especially with Christianity, it's kind of old words, and I, I didn't even understand them myself. All right, here we go. Chastity, lust, temperance, gluttony, charity, greed, diligence, sloth, patience, wrath, kindness, envy, humility, pride. Okay. Then you also have the seven gifts. The seven gifts. And those are wisdom, understanding, knowledge, counsel, direct the intellect, fortitude, piety, and fear of the Lord. Direct the will toward God. Okay. And I will finish off with some of the Beatitudes. Okay, here we go. The poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You know, which could mean being humble, the opposite of pride. Those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Mourning. Our fallen nature creates in us a desire to improve ourselves and do what is right. The meek, for they will inherit the earth. Meek, obedience and submission to the will of God, not to resist the Lord. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Desire for justice and moral perfection, hunger and thirst for this goal. The merciful, for they they will be shown mercy. Love, compassion, forgiveness. The pure in heart, for they will see God. Free from selfishness, selfish intentions and self-serving desires. The peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Peace within yourself, then give peace to others. Those who are persecuted for righteousness, righteousness's sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Speak out against human rights, violations, and martyrdom. All right, wow, that was a lot. Okay. Finally, I got Islam. Now, please, please, please forgive me if I mess up the pronunciations with this, okay? So, it looks like you got Islam, which is submission, Iman, which is faith, Ishan, virtue, Sharia, law, Tariq, the path, and Hakik, the the truth. 
So, ethical vision of the Quran is best expressed by the term albir, that is, righteousness. Hadith, hadith, good character, is viewed as undertaking duties in relation to fellow Muslims, such as avoiding backbiting and injustice. The Muslim and Pakari canons of the Hadith stress the love of the Prophet and love of God and neighbor as expressions of genuine faith. The Quran emphasizes that God loves the doers of charity and just actions. Ishan, or Ishan, is the love of God which is expressed in generosity, kindness, and compassion. Ishan is also associated with a sense of being at peace at one center where God lives. The Sharia teaches virtues such as respect for parents, kindness to neighbors, charity, truthfulness, promise-keeping, compassion, care of the needy, and honesty. All right, so there's this fellow named Al-Ghazali, and they estimated his birth in the year 1058 and his death in the year 1111. Apparently, he's been referred to by some historians as the single most influential Muslim after the Prophet Muhammad. So there's some pretty good stuff here. Happiness, according to Al-Ghazali, is the primary good of the human person and can only be attained if knowledge is linked with action. Every action and every knowledge must be intended to acquire the virtue of love of God in this life to achieve happiness in the next. Al-Ghazali's list, he lists the principal mystical virtues as repentance, the starting point, a well-known Islamic practice, patience, gratitude, hope, fear of God, a positive disposition, Poverty, asceticism, divine unity, trust, and love. All these mystical virtues, he believes, lead to love. The most important mystical virtues. The other principal virtues of yearning, intimacy, and satisfaction are considered the fruits of love. Six further mystical virtues are listed, namely, resolve, sincerity, truthfulness, vigilance, self-examination, and meditation. Oh, all right. So that was that was a lot of reading, but there you go, a lot of info. So all three t- traditions seem to have a, a really beautiful foundation. Pl- you know, don't ask me how people can manage to twist all of this stuff in, into something ugly. You know, don't pay attention to those people. You know, I basically just read about love and happiness. Okay, the second thing, the second thing that you can do to start a spiritual life. So Lama Marut said, try to be a little more self-aware of your motivations in life and ask yourself, what is it that you really want out of life? What is your motivation in life? Are there some deeper motivations that are driving you? Analyze this. Is your deeper desire to live a happy life or to be a happy person? And if it is, maybe you you know, maybe you have to go to work or keep your business going because you have bills to pay, but you can make the best of it when you understand that your basic goal is happiness, the fundamental goal of your own desire for happiness and contentment. So work that out even if you know that you are involved in challenging perspectives and challenging kind of situations from other people, especially what happens at the office. So now for me, when it comes to motivations in your life, I'm just going to tell you that it really requires a lot of self-reflection. I, I made up five questions. You can ask these for yourself, okay? So five questions. Be alone 
And you could just journal this out, write it out, okay? And ask yourself, number one, what's most important to you? Two, like what makes you happy? Three, what makes you uncomfortable? What makes you unhappy? Four, what will you not compromise? And five, what do you want others to say about you when you're gone? Okay, third, lastly, the third thing you can do to start a spiritual life. So Lama Marut said, try to have some sense that there's forces bigger than you in the universe. You don't have to call it God. I mean, you can call it the cosmos, nature, the ultimate being, whatever. Have some sense that there's something bigger and have some humility. We're losing that in our culture. We're losing our sense that there's something bigger than us, bigger than what we do and what we want. Get some sense of transcendence, some sense of something that transcends you, your ego, your own individuality, and your life. So he says, you know, get a sense that there's something bigger than you. And this also requires reflection. I mean, you've got the three religious traditions you can use. I mean, so use them. Use them for guidance. Or, you know, you can always make an attempt and practice seeing the world in a different way. Really, I mean, have you... have you felt in nature what have you felt in touch with nature? You know, like you sat under a tree and you just had this feeling, this sense that you belonged. You can expand your thinking. You know, you can just listen to what other people have to say and be open to what other people have to say. And you know, just for example, when I worked and I volunteered with people who are dying, I co- I completely immersed myself with all of this and I read a lot and I heard countless stories about people who died. But they, they said goodbye after they died. And I, I mentioned this in, on one of, one of my podcasts, but I did watch a man die, and he was comatose at the time. And I'm telling you, he called out to his granddaughter. He did it telepathically. He woke her out of bed to let her know that this was it. And she got right out of bed when she heard his voice. She went to his bedside, and then he short, he died shortly after. He took his last breath. Now... There are a ton of stories. Like just on death alone, there are a ton of stories. There are stories of like birds, animals, deers. They go to a window to get everyone's attention, you know, right after someone dies. It's like, wow, it's almost like they're suddenly become an animal. You know, people, believe it or not, people have actually seen energy leaving the dead person's body. The person has died and their energy or their soul or whatever you want to call it is leaving and people have seen it. There's amazing stories out there. I never heard of any of them. I had to find them. I had to find them. And I did. And I'll tell you one thing. When I found them, wow, I was amazed. And my worldview changed. I just saw things a lot differently. And it was beautiful. So, (laughs) wrapping up. If you want to get yourself a spiritual life. And you want it today. Go out and take some notes of the religious traditions. You know, look at their ethical principles. I mean, you don't have to sign up and start giving away all your money, you know. If it works for you, then sure. I mean, go ahead, make a donation. Why not? I mean, I've been making small recurring donations to a Buddhist organization. Just small. You know, I found so much priceless Buddhist stuff that's helped me out. So I don't see anything wrong with giving them a little money every month. All right, recap. One, ethical principles. Find them, write them out, practice them throughout the day, you know. Do, do them while you're networking, making cold calls, going to get a coffee. Seriously, do them all day long. 
you know i know in christianity there's this there's this this idea that you know you're a christian if you go to church on one day a week for a couple hours no 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 all day long not two hours on sunday all day long all right two two get in touch with your motivations what do you want what do you want out of life you know you want things come on if it is to be happy then just align your motivations for happiness with all of your daily activities. Work at it. Just work at it. You know, see what you're doing that's opposed to this, opposed to your motivation for happiness. And, you know, finally, seek a form of transcendence, something. Come on, something is bigger than all of us, you, I, every one of us. I mean, use your imagination. You know, I like to think about angels. I, I think about angels at times. And let me tell you, angels have really bailed me out over the years. Has an angel been there for you? Uh, you know, just wondering, has an angel been there for you? I hope you found all of this useful. It's um, pretty cool, actually. And you know what? It's actually all for free. So look, have yourself a wonderful day. Thank you for tuning in and be your very best today. Goodbye for now. Alexander Lauren is a professional certified life and business coach and the world's first authentic podcasters coach. He coaches podcasters and supports them on their media journey. As a consultant, he specializes in helping business owners and other coaches create their own podcast content marketing strategies. To reach him, contact Alexander via email at alex at workutopia.com. Thank you for listening. Till next time.